you have your Bible, let's get into the Word of God this morning. God has something powerful that He's going to say, and I pray that we would have ears to hear it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Open your Bible. Get your notebook ready. You're definitely going to want to take notes. You'll need to take notes today. If you don't have a notebook, there is a bulletin, and on the back we've left room that you could scribble down a few things. I think today is one of those days. You'll need to really take in this word from God, and it will help you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And he said to me, uh, Paul is speaking here. He's talking about Jesus speaking to him. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Get this. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, all for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, Father, with our Bibles in our laps or maybe even on our, our phones, on our, on our tablets, we're anxious to hear from you. Speak a word that will not just encourage us, not just challenge us, but it would transform us, God. It would be something, God, that would help us all the days that we travel here on earth. We give you thanks and we give you praise for this word. I pray it in Jesus' strong and mighty name. Amen. Let me take a quick survey here before I really dive into things. Do I have any perfect people in the house? Any perfect people? Joanne, I'd agree. You're, you're real close. Joe, who's perfect over here? Anybody perfect? Anybody just real close to perfect? Do you know anybody that thinks they're perfect? Let me ask that question. That, that's a little different. How many know somebody they think they're perfect? They act like they're perfect. You know why this is? It's kind of a philosophy that is promoted, at least in the United States of America, it's promoted almost everywhere you look, everywhere you turn. Perfection. You can't even go to the supermarket and you're waiting in line and they have all the magazines right there. You know that's by strategy, don't you? They've got a captive audience. You're not going anywhere because you've got to pay for your milk and bread and eggs. And so what do you do? You just start looking at the magazines, right? What do you see on the cover of these magazines? You see perfection. The perfect model on the cover of the magazine. No flaws. No blemishes. You're not going to see any zits. No pimples, right? No scars. Zero body fat. This is what's promoted to us. This image 
of perfection. You ever notice there's no ugly newscasters? I mean, really, once you put somebody ugly up there every now and then, I'd feel better. I'd feel like I could relate a little bit more then, right? But they're all just perfect. They're perfectly pressed. Their clothes are, are perfectly pressed and the latest and the greatest off the shelves. They got, their teeth are so white, it's unnormal how white their teeth are. Why? They're promoting this image of perfection because it says perfection equals strength. We're strong. Perfect, perfect image of body in these models, men or women. Perfect image of the newscasters with that smile that never stops. Sparkling white. You got to put your sunglasses on to watch the evening news. But it's not just. It's not just in, in our society like this. It's in our business world. Our business world promotes perfection. Our company is the most successful in the universe, in the world, in the country, in the state. We have all the answers. We know everything. We have arrived, and we will be teaching all of you how to do it. Don't want to show that they need to learn anything. Wants everybody to think they are the one to follow. They are the ones to chase perfection. We know it all and have all the answers. Because perfection equals strength. Perfection equals, come on, help me, strength. This philosophy that we have to fight this image that is, is shoved down our throats, really, has affected and infected our families. We have climbed every rung of the corporate ladder to perfection. Our family is perfect. We live in the perfect neighborhood, unlike the others who are on the wrong side of the tracks, or if you were like me, the wrong side of the river. We live in the gated community. Not everybody can live in the gated community, and if you live in the gated community, don't read into this, okay? We have the perfect home with more bedrooms than we could ever sleep in and more restrooms than we could ever rest in. Why do they call it a restroom? You're not doing much resting there, are you? Okay, I'll preach on that another day. We have the perfect car, and everyone should be envious of our car and want what we drive. Perfection. We have the perfect kids, too, by the way. Now, I've never met the family who has the perfect kids, but I have seen many that try to promote perfection in their kids. They are the best athletes. They are the best cheerleaders. They are the best musicians. They are are honor roll and at the top of the honor roll, and they are the teacher's pet, and on it goes. Why? Because perfection equals, it's a sign of strength, virility, power. 
All these promote strength. And why not? Everybody wants strength. Everybody needs strength. Anybody need a little bit of strength today even? Anybody take a little bit of strength today? I think so. But these that I've mentioned only only display strength. It's really just a facade. It's just a show. If we were to peer behind the curtain and look behind where Oz really was, we would see that maybe they're not as strong as they're promoting. Maybe there's no strength to be found at all. Just maybe. But today, you can have strength. I'm talking about real strength. Today, you can have the strength that you need. You can have the strength that you've been missing. Today, you can be strengthened by God. God has an assignment for you. God has a mission for you. And you, let me tell you this as plainly as I know how, you will need the strength of God in order to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. And today, you can have God's strength. Paul found this out in our text there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He found it out very clearly. Jesus was talking to him. Don't you love when Jesus talks to you? How many, how many, let me know that Jesus talks to you. Does Jesus talk to you? Do you talk to Jesus? Oh, I love when Jesus talks to me. Jesus was talking to Paul. He said, now listen, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul went on to boast. He said, I'll be glad about it now. I'll boast in my infirmity so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure, verse number 10, in infirmities, reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. God has some crazy mathematics, doesn't he? Less is more. Weakness is strength. Foolishness. Wisdom through foolishness, it, 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 that's, that's God. That's just God. Let me drop in your lap three keys that are going to help you if you need to be strengthened by God. Jot this down. Number one, acknowledge your weakness. Now, this is against everything that our society is teaching and promoting. This is against what the business industry is promoting. This is against what a lot of families want to display. Don't show your weakness. Let them think that you have it all together. Promote perfection. I didn't even list this one. I didn't mention this one, but it, it's even infiltrated our churches. You go to a district council and the other ministers are going, how, how, how many are you running? Well, what's it matter? God's there. God's showing up. God's healing people. People are getting saved and set free. But we want to promote this image that we don't have anything wrong. We got it all together. We're doing it perfectly. 
But I think it's time to just acknowledge I'm weak. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him, brace yourself. Come on, tell him. I'm about to tell you something. I'm not perfect. Newsflash, husband and wife right here telling each other they're not perfect. You got flaws. Mickey, I love you. I love you so much. This is a woman of God. The, the anointing is on her and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in her. But would you say today that there are still some flaws that you have and some imperfections? Just a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. You're so close to perfect. You're, you're perfectly dressed. Your hair is perfect. I love you. I do. I want to be like you someday. Spiritually speaking, I really do want to be like you someday. I, I love this woman. She always has an encouraging word, and she'll say, oh, the Lord would say to you, and she'll begin to prophesy and tell me what God is saying. Give me a word like that any day. But here is a woman of God, a daughter of Zion, and she says today, I still have some flaws. He's still working on me. I'm not perfect yet. It's okay. Acknowledge that you have some weakness because if you don't acknowledge that you have weakness, you'll never get to the strength of God. Don't cover that up. Let it be seen. I know lots of pastors, they want to lead from this place of perfection and strength and they don't let anybody in and they don't let anybody see. That doesn't work for me. You want to see the chinks in my armor? Don't go looking. I'll show you. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect as a pastor. But don't go talking about me to somebody else. You come and talk to me about whatever you're going to talk about. I don't know who that was for. Maybe nobody, but maybe somebody. I'm not perfect. I love God. I know he's called me to this. I want to do my best to shepherd and love the sheep. Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, God. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Well, I just said a moment ago that I love you, but I'll say it again. Yeah, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you really love me? Now he got his feelings hurt. He said, God, you know above everything, I love you. Tend to my sheep. Care for my sheep. I'm going to do my best to do that here at La Palma Christian Center. But I want you to know that I have acknowledged, just like Paul, and just as I want you to, we're weak. We have weaknesses, don't we? Let's just say it. Now turn and tell somebody else that didn't hear you the first time. I didn't tell anybody over here, did I? Josh, I'm, I'm going to break some news to you, buddy. I'm not perfect. There we go. Come on, say it. We got to say it. We're not perfect. Acknowledge your weakness. Paul was weak. Look at verse number 7. He said, lest I, I be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation that I'm getting from God. See, there was such an anointing on Paul that he could have got real puffed up. 
he could have got real heady in this, real prideful in this. Lest I be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation from God, a thorn in my flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. That's not buffet me, although sometimes I think Satan is trying to buffet me because I can't push away from the table, but anyway, it's buffet me. Lest, and here he says it again, lest I be exalted above measure. A thorn in his flesh, a pain in his side. You ever felt like you had a thorn in your flesh? A pain that just would not go away, be it physical or otherwise, you're not alone. It could just be a weakness that God is allowing to remain. The thorn, by the way, is not really made clear to us. There is some speculation. Some commentators believe that it very likely was physical. It could have been eyesight, an eyesight issue, a, 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 a sight issue. As Paul grew and got older, his vision wasn't what it was. So this could have been what he was praying. God, give me vision. Give me 20-20 give me vision. My sight is failing. Don't know for sure. Some commentators, I found out, they thought Paul had a bit of a temper. And as you read, as you read the letters that Paul wrote, you understand he did not mince his words. We're in Titus right now. If you, if you didn't come on Wednesday, jump in on this Wednesday. We're, we're walking through Titus. Awesome, awesome book. But he makes it real plain. And his verbiage is kind of in your face. So some suggest that maybe the thorn was his, his temper and his, his tendency to maybe get angry. Don't know. There are others that suggest because he was a single man that maybe he was tempted sexually and that was the thorn in his flesh and what he had to contend with and bring to the Lord. We're not told. One thing that was clear to me as I thought about what it might be, I thought pride was definitely something that Paul had to battle. He says in two different times, lest I be exalted above measure. Right? Lest I be exalted, verse number 7, bring that up for me. Lest I be exalted above measure, and then he closes that same verse, lest I be exalted above measure. It's heady stuff, folks. When God comes upon you and starts using you, Paul was laying hands on sick and they were being healed. Paul was being inspired by the Holy Spirit and revelation from God was coming. And people start lifting you up. Paul said, it's not about me. I want it to all be about Christ. Pride was something that I believe Paul had to battle with and something he had to lay on the altar regularly. But it goes on to talk about some other of his weakness. Infirmities is mentioned by Paul. It's mentioned twice. Infirmities are very plain. It's sickness. It's disease. It's illness. I don't know if you've ever suffered with chronic pain or not, but there's nothing, there's nothing good about it. And you would just pray that God would take it away. And we believe in God's healing power. I'm praying specifically for a handful of you that are suffering uh, and, and dealing and waiting on God to bring total healing from cancer. There's several in our church right now. 
that are battling this. And God is able. Come on, church. God is able. Let it be said long and loud that our God is the God that heals all disease. But is He going to do it instantaneously? Or is He going to let it be a process? Or do we go to heaven? Only God knows this. But as long as I'm going to be pastor, I'm going to ask that God bring total healing and deliverance from cancer and every other infirmity. Infirmity was one one area of weakness that Paul acknowledges. Reproaches is another that he mentions. Reproaches uh, is when you find fault in someone. They are always the cause for the blame. He said, I'll take it. I'll take it. Even though I'm not the cause, that's ministry. That's leadership, by the way. You get the arrows. You're the bullseye of the target. Bring the reproaches on. All for the sake of Christ. Needs. He mentions needs. There's physical needs. Throughout all of the New Testament, he's he's constantly talking about giving and helping those who come to serve you. There were physical needs, definitely. There were financial needs. There were emotional needs. You can't go through all that the Apostle Paul went and not have that wear on your emotions. Persecutions. He knew well persecutions. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. He was accused falsely, ridiculed, and he ends with distresses. Distresses is anything that causes great pain, great suffering, trouble, or danger. The thorn in the side is real. And I would dare say that all of us probably have a thorn in the side some sort. It's a weakness. And wouldn't it be nice if God would just take that away? Come on now, just be real with me. I'd just soon God take it away. And I've got a whole list of reasons why God should take it away. Right? I mean, come on, I'll be more effective in ministry and and, and the list goes on. God, you really should do this. But he didn't take the weakness away for Paul. And most likely, he's not going to take the weakness away for Steve. Or you. Paul said in verse 8, concerning this thing. (laughs) I like how he worded it right there. This this thing won't go away. I pleaded, I begged God three times, please. Take this weakness away. Take it away, God. Let it depart from me. But what did Jesus say? Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. That's transforming. But think about it. God loves to take somebody that has weakness. And get the job done. You should be very, very encouraged today. God loves to take people who have weakness and get his job accomplished. The scripture's filled 
with people that had weakness that God used greatly. Moses stuttered. David's armor didn't fit well. John Mark deserted Paul. Timothy had ulcers. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Amos' only training was farming. Amos, uh, Jacob was a liar. David had an affair, had a man murdered, and abused the power that God gave him. Paul was a persecutor. Moses was a murderer. Jonah ran from God, was rebellious. Gideon doubted God. Thomas doubted God. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Elijah was just plain burned out. John the Baptist was a loudmouth. Martha worried too much. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. Noah got drunk. Solomon was too rich. Sarah was too old. David was too young. Peter had a hot head and a foul mouth. God specializes in using those with weakness to get his job done. Hallelujah. Be encouraged today. You have weakness, but God is about to do something in and through your weakness. Just acknowledge it. Just expose it. When you acknowledge it, you're really exposing it. Yes, I'm weak. Paul was weak. The Bible's filled with weakness. And yes, I am weak. I love this, the little chorus we used to sing as children. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I'm weak. You're weak. God knows it, and God wants to use that weakness to perfect strength. So acknowledge that you grapple with fear. You're afraid about the future, how you'll survive. Go ahead and just tell God from time to time, I have doubts. Sometimes I even doubt if you're real. Do you know God can handle that? God can take it. He just wants your communication with him. Just don't stop communicating with him. Tell God that you're insecure. He already knows it, but you need to acknowledge it. That you're tempted with money, sex, and who knows what else. It's a weakness. Acknowledge it. That you have anger issues and you need God's help. And whatever else may be your weakness. Step number one, key number one, acknowledge your weakness so that you can accept his strength. Oh, it's about to get good in this place here today. God has strength, an abundance of strength. He's just waiting to give it to you. Accept his strength. And I want you, if you have a pen or a highlighter, to underline a couple of words. Bring this scripture up for me. He said to me, my grace, underline my. My grace is sufficient for you for my strength, underline my. And maybe on the side in your column there, just make a note, this is Jesus talking. Jesus' words, my strength, my grace. It's not 
your strength. You can't go to the gym and work out enough to where you are strong enough to overcome your weakness. You go work out and you get maybe get physically fit and burn some calories. But when you go back home, you're still going to have your weaknesses. And you can't have enough of your own strength. You can't manufacture strength on yourself, in yourself. Your strength has to come from another. It has to come another way and from another place. This is where God gets involved. He said, my strength is made perfect through weakness. And this is why God allows the weakness to remain. Imagine with me if God would take away the weakness. Then there's no opportunity for God's strength to be perfected through that weakness. So he allows the weakness to remain so that his strength can be perfected. Think of that. Perfect strength from God through weakness. Yeah. His strength can be perfected through our weakness. But then when we accept God's strength, remember, it's not your strength. It's his strength. Y'all with me? We accept God's strength, and somehow, some way, there's a metamorphosis and a transition. And his strength then becomes my strength. Because look at what the Apostle Paul said in verse number 10. For when I am weak, then what? I am strong. He didn't say, you know, Jesus said, my strength is made perfect through weakness. Then Paul said, you know, he accepts that strength, and then it transitions. He said, when I am weak, then I am strong. So God's strength then becomes our strength. It becomes my strength because it is the strength of God operating in me and operating through me. I also want you to remember the vehicle that God will use to bring you his strength. You want it on the Rolls Royce, and he brings it on the Datsun. If you drive a Datsun, I'm so sorry. The way God brings us strength is pretty amazing. There's three ways that I, that I want to highlight. There's more, but these three for sure. Vehicle number one, weakness. He said, my strength is made perfect through weakness. We're like, God, couldn't you strengthen me another way? You got to use weakness to make me strong. But if we weren't weak, why would we go to God? Would you go to God? You got it all together? You're perfect. Why do you need God? Like my uncle told my dad for years, self-made millionaire, had a trucking business in the central part of Indiana. My dad would witness to him, you know, year after year, really. And my uncle Dale would tell my dad, Don, and he'd pull out a wad. He always had a $1,000 dollar 
wad of cash in his pocket. That was just to buy sodas for his grandkids. I'm not kidding. He just, just pocket money, $1,000. He'd pull it out and he'd say, Don, if I need anything, I'll buy it. I don't need anything. I don't need God. I have everything I need. But see, his weakness was exposed finally, and he realized that he did need God. If there's no weakness, why do we go to God? God allows the weakness to remain so that we will run to God and we will plead with God, God, I'm struggling again. I'm hurting. Would you please help me? We want him to take it away, but he's going to use the weakness. He's going to let the weakness remain so that his strength can be perfected. Another vehicle that God uses to bring strength. You ready for this? Waiting. Not really another vehicle that probably would be our choice. Because we are such a hurried society. We're impatient at Taco Bell. They can't even make the tacos fast enough in the drive-thru line. That's for real. That is serious. Very rarely does God do things in a hurry. There will be times that God will move so rapidly and so quickly and instantaneously we will see a miracle from God. But that is not the norm. That's the exception. Mostly, God works through time. And he tells us, wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, Claudia already referenced this. We already sang about this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach us, God Almighty, to wait on you. How many times have you run ahead of God and then wondered where God was? How many times have we lagged behind God and wondered where God is? But if we will just learn to wait on God and be still before Him, He will bring strength. Strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. Vehicle number three that God brings strength to us is worship. It's worship. If you will just begin to worship the Lord while you're waiting on the Lord, you will find strength for the journey. The psalmist understood this in Psalm 18, 1 and 2. He said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 68 and verse 35. O God. You are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be our God. Worship the Lord 
In your weakness, God is bringing strength. Worship the Lord, and while you wait on God, He is going to strengthen you for the job that He has for you. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Why are you strengthened in the first place? Because, number three, there's a job to do. Get busy and accomplish great things. You're not strengthened, Ron, just so you can say, well, now I feel better. I was frustrated a little bit ago. But now I feel better. See, we come into the house of God and we want the pastor or the elder or somebody, Sister Mickey, somebody to come and lay hands on us or come and give us a word. And we want to feel better. But you're not helped so you can just feel better. You're not strengthened so you can just feel better. You're not blessed so you can just feel better. You're helped so you can help somebody else. You're strengthened so you can strengthen somebody else. You're blessed so you can bless somebody else. There's a work to do. There's a task at hand. And we have to be strengthened and helped by God so we can accomplish those things that only can be accomplished through the perfected strength of God. The Apostle Paul said in verse number 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Ladies and gentlemen, when the power of Christ rests upon us, things should happen. There should be results. The power of Christ resting on us. The perfected strength of God rising up in us. So that we can be about the Father's business. We can be doing the work at hand. We can be living out the Great Commission, going into all the world and preaching and teaching the gospel. That's why you're strengthened. That's why you're strengthened. Paul was strengthened by God. <laughs> and he went on to write this to the church of Philippi. Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. Hallelujah. When God's strength comes upon you, there's absolutely nothing that you can't do. Anything you can do. As God gives you the strength to do it, I can do all things. You better get out of my way. That's, how, that's the attitude we should have. I've been strengthened by God. I've been helped by God. I've been blessed by God. Now I'm going to do something for God. Accomplish great Things. Look at the great things that the Apostle Paul accomplished as God strengthened his weakness. He traveled from region to region, country to country, spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. He was one of the founders of the New Testament church. Paul had an audience with leaders of great power, great wealth and influence, all for the cause of Christ. He won countless souls to Jesus, raised up and mentored church leaders. And he wrote much, much of the New Testament, which has impacted untold millions since the day it was written. And looky here, it encouraged us today. Still power packed, still able. Great things he has done. What could God do through you, through your flaws, through your weakness, 
I would dare say, anything. I look at our young people. Help me, Pastor Moses. This is the demographic that I'm most excited about. Our young people, wow. You see, I believe that you'll do far greater things than I ever even dreamed of, than I ever could. I really, I really believe that. God is going to raise you up. We prayed for those 65 and older. A double portion comes upon them, but I want to talk to this young generation coming up, the emerging generation that's coming. You'll do things that we never even dreamed of. We never saw. Songs will be written. New ideas will be birthed through you. Great things are ahead, and they need to be accomplished. And to think that God would work through our weakness, pretty amazing to me. And that his strength would be perfected. Claudia, I want you to sing this first verse for me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I wonder what he can do through me. Success to show, no glory on my own. Yet in my weakness, He is there to help me along. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. pray for those today who are ready to acknowledge their weakness, expose your weakness even, and accept God's strength for whatever he has for you to do. Everyone standing, and if you're ready to acknowledge your weakness and exchange it for God's strength, I want to invite you to the front area. Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. We can only know the power that he holds when we fully see how deep our weakness goes. Come on, we all have some weakness. Let's exchange His that. Strength in Let's acknowledge us that. Begins. Let's expose that today. When ours comes to an end, he hears our humble cry and proves again. 
just leave, lift your weakness to God. Give your weakness to God. Oh God, we're weak. We're flawed. Father God, we acknowledge we are weak. We're flawed, prone to failure, prone to fall flat on our faces and make mistakes. We acknowledge that today. We expose that. We lift it up to you and Truth be told, we would like you to take it away. And we pray that you would. But yet it remains, just as it remained with the Apostle Paul. And you said to him, and you say to us now, your grace is sufficient. For it's through the weak. Your strength is perfected. Now I want you to lift your hands and receive the strength. We've relinquished and released our weaknesses. I want you to lift your hands and receive the strength from God. His strength, perfect strength. Hallelujah. He's creating a masterpiece out of, out of weakness. Hallelujah. Now God, with these hands lifted, I pray for your anointing. God, anoint our words and our steps and our hands, our arms, so that we could accomplish great things through our weakness. Hallelujah. Sing that chorus one more time. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Yes, it is. When our strength is gone. Thank you, Jesus. He'll carry us when we can't carry us. Raised in His power. in His power. The weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is think we just must respond with thanksgiving. Come on and thank God for strengthening those weak areas. Every weak area has been strengthened by the hand of God. Perfected strength from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You 
use our weakness for your glory and for the building of your kingdom. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Perfected strength. I'm so glad you were here. God burned this in me. And I just tried my best to deliver what God brought to my mind and led me to this scripture. Don't forget that tonight is our second semester. This is the opening night of the second semester of life groups. And it is going so well. But I want, there's many, many that have not yet uh, joined a life group. And my concern is that as I lead out and as the majority follows me, I'm leading as God leads me. And this is where he's taking us as a church. My concern is that there will be some back here as we move out. You're still back here in the tents and you're not really moving with us because this is a big part of what God is doing at La Palma Christian Center now and for the future. So I don't want anybody to be left out or to feel like they're, they're left behind. I'm telling you urgently from God, you need to get involved. You can come on tonight, and, and we've got two open groups here at the church. We get you plugged in right here, and then we'll find a, a, a home that is near you or a teacher that you want to sit with and sit under. But it's imperative, folks, that you pray about uh, joining these life groups, and we grow in God together. Amen. So get, get involved. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful afternoon. May the Lord use you. And may the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. Strength is perfect. His strength.